0: Look! Look at here. It's twelve forty nine a.m. At this point, you've got drunk, Josh. So that's woo-hoo. fine with me. I'm just a just disclaimer. You've got drunk, Josh. That's what you've got. <laughs> Do I have to sign a release? I I haven't been drinking a a large quantity, a large volume of, of liquor, but it's been over now three hours. So I'm yes, I'm drunk, Josh. Just <laughs> FYI. And you should probably leave that disclaimer in for everyone
1: listening. <laughs> just <laughs> so that, I, I want to be very clear
0: nothing that I say in episode 57, nothing I say I can be held accountable for. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> this is not, yeah. C- you congratulations. Got
1: that, is, that is the official intro to the show. You've got Drunk Josh. So, welcome everyone to Drunk Josh and that kind of nerds podcast, a weekly show where we break down what's going on in the nerdy world. Uh, this week, we've got some fun stuff to talk, including for some of you Android people, the Google I.O. conference. We're actually going to talk about that. Uh, some Cape news as well, uh, wrapping up with uh, a little bit of a, a rancor post here about a sci-fi movies. So I'm excited to bring it to you guys. The other thing I'm excited to bring you to is the wonderful people of Loot Crate. Oh, yes, it's the shameless plug time. Guys, Loot Crate is a monthly subscription service where they send you a box stuffed to the gills with licensed gear for geeks and gamers, all alike, including things from Marvel and D. DC, and this month in May with Dragon Ball Z, we have a special offer for you, the listeners. Yes, you, the guy at the traffic light that wasn't Josh or me in the last episode, which I was really bummed about. Um, we have a special offer for you. Just go to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot, L-O-O-T, and there's a coupon code there to get some money off your own loot crate. So go check it out, ThatKindanerd.com slash loot, L-O-O-T. Anyway. So let's let's just get cracking. Let's, let's, let's start talking about things, and let's talk about Google I/O. So if you don't know what Google I/O is, guys, it is the big developer conference that Google has to talk about. You know what's coming down their their pipeline, what they're working on, what things are coming out. It's Google's version of WWDC, which is superior. Yes, uh, this year was a, a a couple great things were talked about. I'm only really going to talk about three of them. The three big takeaways. And that's uh, and two applications. One of them called Allo and Duo. Allo, Gavna. Oh, Allo? Every, or is it? Wait, wait. I heard like Megamon. like OLO. Every, was it that? No, it was ALO. Every podcast this week covering technology has one at least one bad British accent in it. Do you do you have to say it like that? Allo? Y- Allo, Gavna. Allo. Is Hello everyone! We're, we're, we're not allowed to poke too much fun at Google for making an allo because they're Siri, which gets pronounced a Suri, which is also not that. So just they're allowed one duo, and then uh one really cool thing that I want to talk about is um instant applications. And so I want to talk a little bit about allo um because it's a pretty cool messaging app that has a Google assistant built into it. Uh so if you're one of those I don't want Google to know everything about me you you're going to hate this thing but So if you're CJ as you start uh, right pretty much as you start Or talking, Snowden Snowden actually did say that he hates this app. Um what's really great about this is that it is some some things that are built into it. So first off, during contacts when people are uh, texting you ideas for hey let's go out for dinner tonight Okay, what do you want? You can type in sushi and it finds sushi restaurants. Nobody asked me to go to dinner, CJ. Come on. No one asked you, Brian. But you want people want to know where the nearest Apple Store for you is after breakfast. So this way, you can type that in and you can see what time they're open till, and you can you can get that. Started. Listen, I don't need
2: to find a, a breakfast restaurant near me. I hope everybody's good with either diner food
1: or IHOP because that's where we'll be. <laughs> but it's got some smart assistant features built into it to help you with that. The other really cool thing that is it has some not canned replies, but replies to pictures, which I thought was really awesome, as well as text messages. So if someone sends you a picture of a dog, you have options to say, that's a cute dog or other things as well. If I and send
2: a dank meme, is there a response <laughs> for that?
1: I'm sure they'll get something in there eventually. Brian, your memes are so dank. I know, right? <laughs> Now, Josh has actually been using the Gboard on iOS, the yep. Google keyboard. Yep. And you love the fact that Google is kind of built into that. So when you're looking for a GIF or something, it's just, you know, right there. You can send it in and out.
0: A recommend from John Yearsley. Uh, and I think it was it was worded something like, uh, why don't you try something cool for once instead of just always using Apple everything. <laughs> Check out Gboard. And <clears throat> I immediately downloaded it, installed it. I used it for about five minutes before uninstalling every keyboard and making Gboard the default. So So not look, not only the ability to everybody can relate to this. You're, you're texting or you're like on a, you know, responding to something on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, and you need to quick grab a photo, right? So what you do or, or, or a dank meme or a gif. So what you do is you have to exit the app and, Go to Google and look it up and all that other. In Gboard, all you do is click the Google symbol and you bring down all the content you
1: want right in the app. It's insane. And, and now, it hasn't
0: crashed. Not one. And once. now
1: Allo has a kind of built into the text messaging application. It's a text messaging applica- application. Application. Based off your application. Based off your phone number and not your Gmail account. So you don't have to be a Gmail person to use this. You can have iOS or Android or any – well, yeah, iOS or Android. And it works off your phone number. And then it has this contextually based stuff in there. So when Brian says, you know, uh, hey, we want to go see this movie, I can say, yes, let's go see this movie. Here's the theater. We'll buy the ticket. Tickets, all of that leaving the text messaging application. Um, it's really cool. It's coming out in the summer. It's got some work to do. But here's the question, knowing that, especially you, Josh, if it ain't if it isn't a blue text message bubble, um, you're not interacting with it. Is this something you would try out? Is this something that you would look into to get that quick-based contextual answers and, and Google interface built into that?
0: Yeah, I, I don't have anything against the app itself, the way it works. I just wonder is it just going to be another Facebook messenger? You know what I mean? Like, is it just, is it just that extra
1: thing? Facebook messenger has a lot of people. I know you don't, I know you no, may not think of it, but it's not,
0: got... it's not texting
1: a uh, true. Yeah. So right, yes.
0: I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is as a communication vehicle, we already have a lot of stuff that works, whether it's, whether it's Facebook messenger or whether it's, you know, Twitter DMS or whatever it is, we have a lot of different ways outside of texting to do that,
1: I don't, I'm worried that this is Google Plus for messaging. But this is the thing though, again, it's, it uses your phone number. So this is not something that is a lengthy signup process. It's, if, is your phone number good? If again?
0: it integrates seamlessly with SMS, then I think mm-hmm. we're fine. We're still talking about green bubbles though, CJ.
1: I'm still, well, no, I mean, they're, they're blue. And, n-
0: no, the, well, these, in the these app won't itself. be,
1: these won't be blue. Well, in the app itself, you'll, you'll see blue. Right. But I don't, I don't, I know the person I get what you're saying. Right. But will uh, it integrate with your regular
0: text messaging? That will remain to be seen. <clears throat> what, I'm, what I'm saying is if you're in this app, instead of
1: being in the app, could it just send you SMS to text instead of the app? We we don't know. It doesn't look like it, but we'll have to see more when it comes I, out this summer. Then I won't likely use it. The one thing that I don't like about this – I do and I don't. So the Google machine obviously is learning how you would reply to pictures of a dog or uh, questions of cats, would you like to go cats, see a movie or cats. cats.
0: No, 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 no. Not or cats.
1: Not, just cats.
0: Just cats. Pictures well, of cats. Not, Brian, pictures, not pictures of dogs.
1: Okay. So when Brian texts me a picture of a cat, it would start to learn how it would reply to him and then it would probably recommend questioning the ratio at his house to make sure everything. Okay I don't know. I don't know if life. it.
0: I don't know if it could learn. Uh, I mean, learning in, is is much easier in groups, and there are not groups of cats at, at Brian's palatial estate. The ratio
1: of cats to males is very low, but it would probably give me that as a reply. And uh, I think it may be smart enough to see that.
0: Wait, <laughs> Brian is thoroughly exasperated. <laughs> it's like he's like, like he's just cracking up, and I'm not. I think Brian <laughs> has. Uh, Brian is approaching, can't even.
1: Uh, <laughs> right I, now. I can't, I can't I, even. I know this isn't Brian's cup of tea either, so that's why he's been very quiet for this. But listen, it seems really cool. It also has an incognito chat, which is end to end encrypted. CJ! <laughs> You'll
2: respond in a Bane voice for me. Will I be able to use Aloe <laughs> to respond in your Bane
0: voice? Wait, wait, does Aloe break bats? I, 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 I
2: would don't. hope so, because I am a huge fan of things that break bats. <laughs> if Anna will break bats, <sighs> I will use it all the time.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, but it looks really cool. The only thing that I, I don't like is sometimes, though, when someone sends you a picture of a dog or a baby or whatever, having I mean, a canned reply cats. to what you would be saying, cats See, or a Jen, baby. no one
2: cares <laughs> about babies. It's all about cats and breaking of bats.
1: I just don't want it to have Stop the appearance. theatricality and
2: deception. <laughs> and, it does not work on me, for I have been initiated. Okay. You merely adopted the cats, CJ. <laughs>
1: there's no need to. I was born no into pain. cats,
2: <laughs> molded pain. by
1: That's them. Not I
2: didn't know what a dog was until I was a man.
1: Okay, Jane... Oh, man. I don't want this app to give people... This is the only downside I see to it, is that people who have the appearance of giving a shit about their picture of cats or babies instead of actually looking at the cat and baby and saying it's cute. uh, Other than that, it looks really cool. great. It's going to come out in the summer. I'm really excited for it. It looks pretty cool. Here's the other one, iOS Android compatible. It's called Duo. Duo is essentially a like FaceTime, Skype replacement. is a video conferencing application. However, it's incredibly smart. So it's smart in switching on and off of Wi-Fi or LTE cellular connection. So you actually get the best image quality. Uh, it's very quick and responsive oh, from all the hands-on videos that I've seen, even in terrible situations. The video doesn't buff- buffer or, or cut out or get very pixelated. But the really cool thing, it has a feature called Knock Knock. And what Knock Knock is when you have it installed on the device, before you answer the video call, you on the other side, the person calling, your video is available to them. So you can actually make it a more engaging reason to call. They're bringing up with this. If you ever Skype or FaceTime with somebody, you just get the notification FaceTime and you don't know what kind of situation you're coming into. Is it a happy occasion, sad occasion, someone with a large group of people? What is it? You answer a blind (laughs) call. Is it is it maybe a whole lot of hope on the other end? It could be a whole lot of hope. <laughs> this has a way to preview what you're getting into. I look,
0: I looked at I looked at Allo. I looked at Duo. Duo looks like the video call within Facebook. It looks, CJ. This looks like
1: I'm. I'm not. Again, I, I, on the surface, it just yes. it just smacks of the Facebook bl- Messenger and video. So the, be, the behind the scenes stuff is pretty interesting.
0: I'm sure it is. Google's super smart, but this yep. idea is not original. I've
1: never said it was.
0: No, uh, I'm not saying you did. I
1: know. I know. I know.
0: What I'm saying is, I don't think people will adopt another thing to take over the thing they're already using. My. Case in point, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, Android people, obviously my family, Apple people. My wife can't FaceTime with her sister, so they use the Facebook video call, and I get to talk to my nephew all the time via video call in a way that wouldn't be available to me for anyone who is an, an Apple user if not for Facebook. Google Is just, they're just copying that. So if it makes it easier for Android users to natively video call, you know, FaceTime users, then I'm all for it. I just don't think it's something that will be widely accepted anywhere other than Android users. And that's, that is, that is in juxtaposition to Google's entire philosophy. They don't wanna be the Android people, they wanna be, the, Everybody. Yeah, they want to be the, the thing that connects you, and this isn't that. It doesn't it doesn't bridge the gap enough. It doesn't give you anything better than Facebook already has. They were first to market, so it's gonna be better. If this is great for Android users, that's fantastic. But you can't get Apple users, you can't get iOS people to install this app and make it a, a a regular part of their day unless it does something way
1: better than what they already have. And, and that's the thing. I agree with you too, Josh. This is a great thing for a lot of Android people, and I think it's something that they, uh, they'll they use peer-to-peer. But going outside of that ecosystem, I don't think the rest of the world is going to adopt it. It's great technology, and I'm sure Apple will steal it later and make it native Apple, for them. But- Apple has it. They have FaceTime. Right, but the, the 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 peaking part, the pre before you answer it, they'll yeah. they'll oh, take that. They'll
0: they'll figure that out. They'll, they'll figure that it's out. it's a collect and call. It's, it's a collect call from it's <laughs> right. You know what? That's very true. It's exactly what it is. Uh, who's calling? It's Bob We had a Baby Eats a Boy. <laughs> yes. So yep. it's that. I get it. It's just not. We're not there yet. I don't. Yep. And I and I think that you're right. Apple probably steals the preview. I want a reason. I'm begging Google to give me a reason to buy an Android device. Swap, you know, SIM swappable Android. Mm -hmm. I just want a reason to buy one and everything they're, they're serving up is just a copy of something else. And I'm not saying they're copying Apple. I'm saying in this case, Facebook, and it's not a good enough reason. I'm begging to use the technology.
1: I agree. After watching, I watched the whole keynote of Google I.O., the whole damn thing. So you didn't have to, people. You should write me a letter for thank you. Uh, There was nothing in there that made me want to go out and actually go buy an, an Android device. There was nothing in there that made me so excited to do it. This is great if you already have the platform. Yes. You're going to love this stuff. It's going to be great. There is one thing, the only thing that I know that Apple can't turn around and do right away, so this is going to take a long time for do them, is something called Android Instant Apps. Now, to be fair, if you're an Android user, you can't use this either anyway. This is a little too far into the future. They didn't even say the summer. They just said soon. Uh, Android Instant Apps is great. If someone sends you a link, so they did this thing with a, a camera bag for someone going on a trip. When you click the link and, let's say, BHM has an app, Um, that you can load up and it goes into the Play Store and grabs just that part, just that bag and the checkout process for the app. So without having to download the application, you get the bag itself, the reviews, and the checkout process using like Android Pay without ever downloading the application. Same thing for if you're ever in a situation where you go to somewhere and you need their app, but you don't want to spend the time and the effort to download the full thing, You can just grab what you need right through it. So it's like deep linking to the exact section that you need. It's going to save a lot of people's hardware for having to download shit. And it's going to make things a lot quicker.
0: This is incredibly interesting to me for for this reason. I'm a a commuter by profession, basically. So I get into a lot of situations where I need an app or access to an app or the, you know, I need to execute something via app. I'll Mm -hmm. give you a few examples. Parking. Mm-hmm. In big cities, if you rent a car and you're driving around and you need to park, most of these parking garages, parking places now are all using apps. I don't want to have to download the full app. So my question to you, CJ, is in a, in a situation like mine where maybe I need to take a, a train or the ferry into New York and I don't have the app on my phone, can I – Click some sort of link that will allow me partial usage that will do enough to where I can use my Google Pay, my my cards that are registered, pay for, you know, all these transaction yes. type things.
1: Yes, the actual answer is yes. They actually demoed this off where there was a parking meter. You come up to it with the NFC. It taps it. It runs through the Insta app and says, how long do you want to be here? 40 minutes. 40 minutes is this amount of money. Press Android Pay and you've paid. In and out. Um, that's that is. That's phenomenal. That's a game changer. That is, and they're still working on it. So it's, it's not. It's, it's not finished. But it's almost is. like
0: a you know like a a website linked to another. You know what I mean? Where you mm-hmm. you yep. get all the data. I think it's I think it's brilliant, and it like I, I just had this situation in Austin last night where I could have quickly accessed this app without right. standing in line, but standing in line takes as much time as
1: downloading, downloading the app. and
0: registering doing all the register right.
1: you know all of that stuff all right. of that stuff is bypassed it's not necessary it makes it a lot quicker uh, it's literally for those use cases Joshs as well as a few others and it's called instant apps and Android instant apps it's on- exclusive to uh, Android n
0: only available on Android, Android OS yes I have to get an Android
1: <laughs> so there you go. There's your reason for for kind well, of. Well,
0: let's see how it works first. But yeah, well no uh, they gotta they ready.
1: gotta complete and they're opening up the APIs and everything to other developers. So if you make an app where this is something beneficial, so if you make a parking app, a travel app, loyalty app, whatever, you can tap into this. Oh, that's
2: great! Um, I can use it uh, for the parking in front of my palatial estate. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let me just so you know. Obviously,
0: in the job that I have, that you get a stipend for your your mobile phone. This is the
1: reason I would open like an AT&T account, right, and just use this. This this to me was considered the best of shows. Strip away Allo, strip away Duo, instant apps. It, and like I said, this is something Apple can't copy overnight. This will take them a year to 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 figure out just because the way their architecture
0: is. It's brilliant. And but they're but the you know they started doing that with Safari, right, where you can mm-hmm. on the uh, 6s, 6s plus with the 3D touch the peak you, and pop itself. you can right, peak and pop so when but you when you peek on something though you get that interaction this is next level of that and you're absolutely right Apple doesn't have anything anywhere close to this so it's intriguing to say the least I'm you know I may if if listen if I don't if I don't stop feeling this way in four hours I'm gonna have to go to the ER
1: <laughs> here's the other cool part the demo that they did after they ran it and showed off the insta app it was running on a phone that was running KitKat. You do not need the latest version of Android in order to use this feature. Awesome. KitKat. It's awesome. It's running this. So this is a game changer. That part, that Instant Apps, is the technology that people are, are talking about, although they're talking about the apps. But this is the one that's going to change the way that Android users use their phone because just like you said, Josh, every now and then there's just an app that you just need one function of it. And you don't need the entire theme. The amount of time it takes for you to get the whole app, this is what's kind of down. So <laughs>
0: Brian, Brian is super leaned back in his chair. <laughs> he's
1: just like can't,
0: know. can't even because he's just like you know what, iOS does everything I needed to do. I can't yeah, possibly it, even it, think about expanding. There's just no way. I don't. I, I, don't I can't travel. do it.
2: I, don't,
1: I don't. need to do any. Of you that. can't
0: even. Brian I can't even. even. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about some things that Brian can do and let's talk a little bit about, um, Warner brothers. So, uh, Brian, you have a better handle on this story than I do. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's happening in the wake of, of Batman versus Superman?
2: No, I, I, I do. Okay. So here, here's, here's what's happening. Um, so Warner brothers, uh, has decided that they need, and it's, it's very probably unfair of me to compare it to, the, to this way, but, this is the only way I can compare it. They need a Kevin Feige for their DC superhero su- cinematic universe. They need one guy to spearhead the entire thing, to have their hands in everything. And it can't be the director. It's got to be somebody who is well-versed in the universe and can can make out a plan for their what, cinematic universe.
0: What makes, what makes Kevin Feige important?
2: He is the producer of every single Marvel movie since Iron Man.
0: He's the president. He's the Marvel Studios president. I'm asking what what about him makes the
2: Marvel Cinematic Universe special? Everything – when we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what makes them special is – it all comes down to Kevin Feige. Everything that they do – Goes through Kevin Feige first before it even gets to print, gets to film, gets to anything. So he approves. For instance, he fought real hard for the budget for Civil War. He fought real hard for the budget on Civil War. He approves all the scripts. He approves the direction that the movies are taking. And he, you know, if they were like, hey, we want to, you know, dress spider-man up in uh nude spandex we're going to change the costume so that it's a all clear stocking he's the guy who says absolutely not you can't do that um so he's the guy that everything goes through and really kind of the the helm and the captain of the ship when it comes to marvel studios
1: and most of this is coming due to some of the fallout of
2: batman versus so it's in fact what i was going to say next before cj cut me off (laughs) <laughs> so Warner Brothers uh in in the wake of Batman v Superman and listen Batman v Superman did not perform poorly by any means necessary it 868 made, million It made eight it's at 868 million as of today speculation is it's not going to go much higher if it goes higher at all sure. um but it's 800, still listen, 868
0: good. million that's not chump change That's brother. not chump
2: change that that's a, a well performing movie but it was critically uh bashed on on several fronts from fans and critics. And in in the response to that, Warner Brothers has decided okay, we are going to uh appoint a head or two of just our DC superhero cinematic universe. And they have named Jeff Johns and John Berg as co-runners of the DC films moving forward. So, and here's what so so and what? And what do you think? And I think, A, it's probably the best call that they could have made. Um, So I don't have very much experience with John Berg and, and who he is, but I can tell you from experience who Jeff Johns is. Jeff Johns is a comic book writer for the DC Universe, probably has, has written some of the most successful stories in the DC comic books over the past 10 years. And the cool thing about the way Jeff Johns approaches his storytelling is that it's very continuity based. It's very uh true to the characters and makes things that maybe happened in the past to the character. He brings some of those things to the forefront, makes them make sense, and makes it enjoyable um so I'm completely on board with this. I'm extremely happy with the fact that we finally have two guys now who are going to have everything run through them who are familiar with the characters. And know, you know, certain things that you can and can't do with these characters. I I think that's a good call. And I mean, being as they're only one movie in, I I think this could definitely turn things around for the critical uh, view uh, of what decent movies are.
0: Just a little history, right? So Jeff Johns, who dude's not much, much older than I am. He's like 43 years old Mm -hmm. and was the chief creative officer of DC Comics. Yeah and so, actually still is. Right right so but was named that something like 6 years ago mm-hmm. 2010 and this guy is deeply ingrained in the DC universe. He understands what's important and I'm not sure the movies are that far off of the DC true DC vision anyway, but I right. think that the storyline could definitely use some direction and I this is is brian
2: could this be more perfect no this is absolutely perfect having somebody in general just to be able to streamline the story and streamline the these multiple movies in one universe is great and if you're going to choose anybody choose the guy who's been in charge of their comic books for the past six years who's been in charge of major reboots like the new 52 and who has had experience in telling excellent stories critically acclaimed stories of these characters um I think it's an absolute amazing call, and I'm looking forward to what the future holds for DC.
1: I'm really excited too that you know, and and, and I tr- and I trust Ben Affleck implicitly with what he wants to do with Batman. Whatever the guy wants to do, go for it. Here's the best part and about that: he's co-writing that script. He's with him. co-writing and 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 directing. Um, so uh, I'm very excited oh, to see no, what comes. No, no, no. Out. I'm sorry. Jeff Johns is
2: co-writing it with him.
1: Yes, that's what I was saying. Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. So having someone already in, so this is the other part too. We can see some change happen with his interaction, but this well, isn't something we're gonna have to wait nine movies not, to and see. And not I'm just very not just the
0: that. CJ, not just the change in the interaction, but having a comic book writer, not a right. screenplay writer, mm-hmm. a comic book writer write for the big screen is a huge advantage. And again. I haven't seen Batman versus Superman because of all of this. It's just too much drama and I just I'm done with it. So I love Man of Steel and I I believe that that storyline fits with what Jeff Johns is going to want to do. So this is incredibly exciting because it's not just about make a movie, right? It's about make a comic book on
1: screen, right? And that's something that I think DC is in a unique position to do, especially with this team up. So very excited to see this. Yay. I'm very excited for DC to to, to happen and to wow me and to, and to, you to said win something me. something nice about DC. I said something nice, Laura. Are you happy? <laughs> I've done it. Um, and now that's exceeded my annual quota. So just 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 don't prepare for I'm just kidding. Um so I want to move on to something else that's more comic book themed related to. According to sources at moviecreedlive.com, take that what you will, okay? But it's been reported through other websites now too. Marvel and Netflix are finishing uh planning or discussions for the series of Blade, Ghost Rider, and Brian got a little squeeze when Ghost, I said this. Ghost Rider starring Aaron Paul. <laughs> I hope it's starring Aaron Paul. He's on he's on Hulu right now. We got to see. Moon Knight uh, coming up in through the ranks, too. Um, this is great. This is what we want to see. This is, again, a continuation of a couple characters that I think lend themselves better to a longer series than just a, a movie. Um, Brian, when I list off those names, two of them are really easy to recognize. Blade and Ghost Rider Moon Knight. I know you were excited, but I know the general population doesn't really know. Who the hell is this guy?
0: The old twos like like in the 70s. Right, Brian? Uh, not anymore. No, I'm saying the like the public like he oh, started Yeah, he
2: started in like late seventies. Okay. Maybe early eighties. Um he, I mean, to be honest with you, the the best description I can give you for him is he's kind of a, a Marvel version of Batman. Um but he's he, what's really interesting about Moon Knight though is that he is not just oh uh I'm Avenging something, or I'm looking for justice for something, he worships this ancient god named Kong Shu, and he actually has split personalities, which I think is going to be really cool in a Netflix series to kind of explore that. He has two, at least three different personalities that I can think of off the top of my head, and him wrestling with those demons while fighting crime is extremely interesting to me. Should be
0: really awesome, especially when you consider they're going to have to tell it from a a, a human viewpoint. That's what all of the Netflix stories have done so far. So mm-hmm. they, they make them real people where Moon Knight in the books was not – they really – you couldn't envision him as a real person. Yeah. Right. There's no Bruce Wayne to him is is kind of what I right, mean. Right, right.
2: There's so, not a lot of I mean his his alter ego being Mark Spector. Right, you don't spend a whole lot of time with him. It, right, and, and, very- and that's the
0: that's what's going to make the Netflix show so great is that they're going to have to have that alter ego because there's no other way to set him up unless you introduce him
1: only in another series. I, I, my first interaction with Moon Knight was, I think, Maximum Carnage on the Sega Genesis. And the screen would go yes, black yes, and he would like he come is. through. That used to scare the crap out of me because just, this guy seemed so powerful. Everything's dark. Wait, wait, wait. and then You're he was thinking in a of Cloak. Too. Well, I was thinking of Cloak. You're right. Moon
2: Knight's not in the but maximum he w- Carnage he, game. He's Moon Knight was in a couple other,
1: other Spider-Man adventures that he, I have, He's I've,
2: known <laughs> to team up with Spider-Man. In fact, in the comic books... You're right, the Cloak. In the comic books, he actually has... Three different personalities that he talks to. One is based off of Spider Man. One based off of Captain America, and one based off of Wolverine. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That that's, that's so. Awesome. Comical but but canon. listen,
0: here's here's the, the the real question is because of those connections, and because Netflix has already mentioned the incident, and you know, in other series, could this be like an overture trying to
2: connect the two? God, I hope so. Oh, right. Yeah, I really, I really just want. I want these Netflix shows to cross over with the movies in some way, in, even in some minuscule minor way, in the worst possible way. I want it more than I want less cats in my apartment. <laughs> I, 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 less,
1: I but but the but the ratio is already so low. It's already so low. That's how he just wants it to be non existent in the sense exactly. that there'll be so much crossover. I want it to That's be infinitesimal. Wanting. the uh, invert the ratio and make that a a netflix to uh, mcu ratio yeah i want i want that
2: ratio to be high high, as high as possible (laughs) um so yeah i mean i i hope so i i don't know how likely that is i but i think marvel has built such a great tv universe and movie universe at this point that they really should just cross them over and make one giant powerhouse universe to rule them all that's that's mine Opinion.
1: So the next topic that I have here that's still in our cape and comic book related uh, line is um, AMC has greenlit a documentary series exploring the risk the rich history of comic books. It's entitled Heroes and Villains: The History of Comic Books. It is six one-hour episodes. Uh, actually, looks like it's being produced by Robert Kirkman and a couple other people from The Walking Dead. Uh, and this is something that I am really, really interested to see what exactly they're going to cover, and how 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 much crossover you get between Marvel, DC, and and the other third party publishing. Um, you know, powerhouse. It's out a there. it's a
0: giant comic book documentary. How can it not yeah. be
1: awesome?
2: I mean, uh, yeah, I hear you. I've watched plenty of comic book documentaries. I, I think having six hours of it would be awesome. <laughs> but I mean, really, I mean, because because there's things that they gloss over in those hour and a half history documentaries that that they don't get to go into a whole lot of detail with. Like they usually like really gloss over the early 40s and 50s comic books and the golden age and immediately jump into, you know, the 60s stuff because that's where all the characters we know came from. I- I'm interested to see, you know, more detail and, about that. And what's
1: great, too, is that they're not just going to focus on the characters. So We're not just getting it's the about, about the ones, Right. And it's about the people, too, the people that have made these books. So names that Brian and other people have you know, lined up to Stanley, see at cons. I,
2: Stanley, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, Bob Kane, Bill Finger, you know, Bill Everett, you know, all sorts of these people who you don't know. Be, but I do because I'm me um, that have, I knew like three of those. So I
1: feel good about myself. now. I named what? I said I knew three of
2: those oh, names. You so should, I feel you like that breaks about up. yourself. But people who have been extremely influential in this medium. And and like and here's the thing, it's that to be honest with you, until recently, that this medium was almost kind of a joke. And these people were looked at as oh, they're writing kids books. They're 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 not for adults. And the exact opposite is true. Some of the themes in some of those even those sixties and seventies books are extremely serious and extremely adult. And it, it's it's nice to see, a, see these people getting their due that that's all I'll have to say. Nice.
1: So it's supposed to air sometime in 2017. We don't have a whole lot of a firm dates, but you can know, you know, as soon as we know something, we're definitely going to be sharing it on the, on the podcast and on Twitter and on the website. So keep your eyes open for that. I'm really excited to see what AMC can cook up because they've done a great job with the walking dead and Robert Kirkins involved. So I'm, I'm on board for that to make that happen. Um, Moving now into movies, but away from comic books, and moving into this, there is with an eighty million dollar budget, apparently a Tetris movie on the way. Now I have no idea. Like ninety
0: minutes mi- of the Russian music.
1: Really- I have no
2: idea. What <laughs> <the> <laughs> 80- <laughs> What Listen, do you Tetris, you sp- Tetris doesn't have a story. There's a GameCube <laughs> game that tried to make a story about it that there were like some alien blocks from some planet or something like that. I just skipped right past that because all I want to do is the...
1: I would rather see the... How it was like behind the scenes story, like the story of Tetris as like the Russian math game that then sued Americans. You know like you know what this might lead to? This
2: might lead to a new shared universe where... Tetris meet the Emoji movie because there's two (laughs) movies that nobody cares about.
1: $80 million.
2: I mean, give me $80 million.
1: I'll take a bunch of blocks. I'll just throw them across the street. The producers of this movie are calling it a a quote, an epic sci-fi thriller, uh, which is going to be a installment of a trilogy of all things.
2: I'm just imagining them doing some sort of, like, crazy Starship Troopers movie that has nothing to do with anything Tetris and just naming it Tetris.
0: Tetris is about stacking blocks and clearing lines.
2: How could this possibly be a movie? I don't understand it. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. And I will keep my money on this one. Thank you.
1: The Tetris movie will not be, quote, all that you think it will be. It will be a cool surprise.
2: Like...
0: Is it Did just going to be dudes sitting around playing Tetris? Because that's not a cool surprise. <laughs>
1: Did anybody know, you know what it is? is? They're trying to break into a bank, and the only way that you can get through the security is a level of Tetris. Like, uh, no one asked for this movie. Uh, please, take $80 million and go build some wells in places that need water. Don't, don't waste your time with this. Is there a movie that you would rather see with $80 million with te- instead of Tetris? Contra. There we go. Yeah. Okay. That was easy. Galaga. That man is playing Galaga. This one you all know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I can't believe that someone would agree like that. But hey, apparently if you have any million dollars to blow, uh, it's worth it. So during my trolls of the interwebs, uh, I found a, a ranker list. That's ranker.com of plot holes that will ruin your favorite sci-fi movies. Now, I will note that some of these are not my favorite sci-fi movies, nor was it ruined just because of a plot hole. Some of them had other big things. Like the first one is, how do aliens from science deal with our planet, knowing that they, you know, hate water, but yet, you know, they come to a planet that's covered with, you know, 90% of it. You know, that one's really not on my list. There are so many other things wrong with, with this list here. But um, Back to the Future. This is the one that I'm I'm a little perplexed about. Is that Marty's parents don't apparently recognize him at all? You know, his mom had a traumatic night. That he spends a lot of time with them, sleeps in their house. I mean, I remember someone who like hung out at my house for like four days during like a sleepover i can imagine like i mean
2: let's face it you remember exactly how much coffee was left in this mug when i started recording <laughs> don't
1: so don't give me that even you would remember the people that you like that hung out and slept in ate tostina's pizza rolls at your house
2: i mean okay i'm not defending i mean I, listen back to the future is one of my favorite movies of all time i'm never going to say anything bad about it but yeah i mean it's filled with plot holes there's all sorts of different and that's the problem with time travel movies in general is that it's filled with plot holes Obviously, if someone if I don't know, I don't understand how Marty's mom can throw herself at a person and then not recognize that her son kind of looks like the person she tried to sleep with. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to go along for the ride and kind of skip over it because Back to the Future is amazing in so many other ways.
1: My my other one here right now at the time of the publishing is number four is that apparently it is easier to train drillers than it is to train someone to be an astronaut. Apparently right. even right, even, right, right. even Ben Affleck pointed that out that listen, I don't know why you would spend as much time teaching someone to be an astronaut. It's much easier to teach someone to drill. Um, which they actually bring up in the movie. It's just funny because some of these are just like, "Listen, guys, you're even from me. I'm saying, okay, that's a little like it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, like, it just doesn't matter. Just just calm yourself down and go enjoy your movie. I would suggest, it, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Just you guys, just peruse this. It's good for a chuckle here and there to be like, eh, "Well, I've never even thought about that." Or, "Oh, okay, well, that's not you know not that big of a deal in this grand scheme of things." Um, so (laughs) I thought it was interesting. I thought I would at least bring it up to, to kind of give something to someone to chuckle at, maybe lighten someone else's day.
2: Isn't just hearing our wonderful voices, lightening somebody's day. (laughs) I just, I know that I, and the sound of my voice brings joy to everybody that hears it. Super soothing. It's very soothing. I mean, really, I want you, Josh, I want you to sit back and relax just a little bit.
1: What I'll do. Take a,
2: (laughs) close your eyes and, Imagine a happy place.
1: (laughs) I do want to I want to tease something for next week because it's not on this week's agenda and I didn't give them enough time to really look at it. But I do want to say we're going to talk about um, Star Trek, the series, the new series, um, had a logo tease in their first look this week as well. So next week we're going to watch that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. It's on uh, CBS. uh, And, you know, I think it's for something to replace Supergirl. It's not not airing on CBS. I thought it was on CBS. The
2: premiere. okay. last thing I read and maybe things have changed. The last thing I read is that the premiere episode will be on CBS, but it's going to be exclusively through CBS's video on demand app. Oh, I have that. CBS on demand. So that's that's where you're going to watch the new episodes. And don't take a swipe at Supergirl until you finish the damn series. I,
1: I told you I had enough the nice things to say about. I don't care. I said to replace. See if see now. Think about this though. What I meant what I what I meant by it was CBS is losing Supergirl. Something to keep. They're the not nerds really besides losing. Okay, let, there, let's all right. Let, let, I understand what you're saying. I'm, I understand. No, what you're I'm going to
2: finish this right now because CBS partially owns CW. Right. They're not losing
1: anything. They're just moving it to the network that it should have been on in the first place because it makes sense. People are going to watch the network for anything but the big bang theory the people that were watching it watched supergirl and the big bang and then by happenstance watched other advertisements you, you also realize that supergirl did not
2: premiere uh did not air after the big bang theory except for the first episode. i know okay. i know i'm just just, just saying just saying i, I just I, want to point out that you're wrong i i okay. enjoy doing it it's my favorite pastime I found next time playing... i found
1: your son huh huh no okay well, everybody, that's the uh, the nerd wrap-up for the week. That's the nerding news. I do want to thank everybody for listening, and I also uh, want to give a, an apology to Craig Newcomb. He actually came on the show to talk about Game of Thrones, but unfortunately we had uh, lost the audio. Uh, so our apologies to him, but we will be back next week to talk about Game of Thrones and some of the big stuff that went down in the last episode. You can also give us a call at 484 484- Three seven three four one one nine for all your nerdy news and all your nerdy insights, uh, as well as if you want to share your reactions to Game of Thrones. you can also get us at twitter at at that kind of nerd facebook at facebook.com dot slash that kind of nerd, and everywhere else you can find us uh, we are that kind of nerd on instagram I mean that's our handle. we are that kind of nerd. We're not that kind of nerd. That was taken. If you know the guy who has it, let's get it back. So, thank you so much for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work, and we will see you guys next week. Um, so there's no stinger this week. <sighs> Sorry. I will owe oh, you one. Yeah. Okay, bye.